more than 90 years, St. Cloud State Hockey has had a home in the Granite City. Boasting two Hockey Hall of Famers in Frank Brimsek and the late Herb Brooks, many players and coaches have made their mark on St. Cloud State hockey lore. With former St. Cloud State greats like Mark Parrish and Brett Hedekin, to more recent standouts like Jack Ashan and Jimmy Schultz, two Patty Kazmaier Award finalists and 16 Division I All-Americans have paved the way for current St. Cloud State men's and women's teams to continue the Huskies hockey tradition. This week's guest is one of many who have made their mark on St. Cloud State hockey history as the Huskies Warming House podcast presents this week's Healthy Scratch interview segment. Welcome to the Healthy Scratch interview segment here. I'm, no, I'm Nick Maxson. I'm not Noah Grant. <laughs> Noah Grant is actually sitting right next to me here inside the studios here. And uh, Noah, uh, this week's a guest. Uh, we both have uh, had multiple interactions with a, a very good guy. It's unfortunate we won't have probably too many more in-person, uh, I, I guess, uh, interaction with this guy, uh, but uh, was an integral part of uh, what we did, especially in the press box, uh, integral to the student athlete experience, as well as some of the information that was out there. But uh, no, before we get into our big guest of the week, I know we had a poll on Twitter about how we were presenting uh, the interview, as well as some other things coming with the the podcast. I want you to talk about that with our fans and maybe if there are or are not going to be changes coming forward for the podcast. Yeah, we kind of, uh, by accident, if you will, in Robbie Jackson's interview last week, ended up with a speaker view instead of gallery view, which worked very, very well because Robbie's internet connection and sound was very nice. But this, if you're watching on the YouTube page where you see um, both Nick and I on the screen, that is gallery view. Um, and we pulled to see if people like that speaker view as opposed to gallery view. It was split right down the middle. Um, we decided to stick with gallery view for this, the specific reason that, as you'll hear in Tom Nelson's interview, some people have a little bit quieter audio or don't have the best audio sometimes. So it just makes it easier for us to be able, you know, for all of you to see all of us and be able to see it cleanly instead of having some weird moments where if, uh, you know, a guest is talking, you see Nick or I on the screen. So we're going to keep it into gallery view. We might revisit it at a later date, but we do appreciate all of those that um, did take time in the poll to uh, help us out there. As I did mention as well uh, with Tom's interview coming up here, um, the interview, uh, because of the room that he was in, the acoustics are a little bit tinny or a little bit metallic. So I would recommend if you normally listen to our episodes with headphones, especially in the ear headphones, I would recommend listening to it through the speaker on your phone or device or um, vehicle this week. Um, audio wasn't, you know, wasn't terrible, but I just think it would, might be a little bit easier on the ears if you listen to it uh, in that fashion. But with that, with that being said, Nick, we welcome in our guest for the Healthy Scratch interview segment for episode number 47. to the Huskies Warming House podcast, our Healthy Scratch interview segment for episode number 47. And we are joined by someone who's a little bit older than 47, but certainly doesn't look at uh, former communications director, Tom Nelson, uh, just recently retired from St. Cloud State. Uh, Tom, uh, how are you doing on this Thursday afternoon? Doing good. Just uh, enjoying the time off here and the, a lot of things done around the house. Moved down to uh, Northfield, Minnesota. Uh, my wife has a new job down here at Carleton College in Northfield. So it's about an hour and a half, two hours south of St. Cloud. So we made the move down here and uh, just getting settled in. 
So Tom, I, I've got a question for you because of the fact that a lot of people obviously are really, I shouldn't say disappointed, but they're going to miss you at the Herbrooks National Hockey Center in St. Cloud. Uh, but there's a little bit of Tom Nelson that will still be at the Herb, at least for the time being. And I'm going to share my screen with you here, Tom. And I think my overarching question here is why in the world do you look so serious in this photo, Tom, with... <laughs> With your, cut, with your cut out here, um, can you explain to us uh, what the reasoning behind uh, that face that you have here in this cutout is? Well, I'd like to say something, but I really don't know. I don't really remember when that photo was shot, but I know, uh, I believe it was Tim Wright, who was one of the guys that helped us with our stack crew, and uh, they were putting together this cutout that they bought for me um, for the year, and... Uh, I would like to think they could have found a better photo, but I guess that's the one that was uh, delivered. And uh, so, anyways, I think Tim had it on his cell phone and he uh, that thing, and that's where why it ended up there. So uh, I really can't remember. I'm guessing it was probably at a, a hockey game that Tim was taking a took a photo or something, and uh, it's just uh, and maybe it's a good lesson. You should always be careful when you're taking photos. You never know where they might come up again. That, that's awesome. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Tim Wright. Uh, obviously, with uh, Mike Colleen, uh, am I saying this right? Ben, uh, Brent uh, Pacala, is that correct? Is that how you say it? Uh, Brent Pacala. Pacala. Um, can you kind of talk about, um, uh, especially that group that has been together for so long, uh, how much did the stat group at St. Cloud State uh, mean to you? And kind of the, um, can you take fans through some of the interesting game day quirks, you know, wearing different, uh, you know, retro hockey jerseys, things like that. You know, what was the environment like uh, working up in that stat booth that you were a part of for so long? I guess that was kind of one of the things I was, you know, a few things I'm proud of was the fact that we had this, you know, group of guys up there with the stack crew that, you know, really became good friends over the years. Um, I think Mike Colleen and uh, Brent Pakla, Nick Rasmussen, um, they've really been with, you know, been doing that with for, with me since uh, probably about 2000 or 2001 that season that a lot of those guys started up then and um, they've been helping out ever since. Um, you know, great group of guys. And then Tim Wright, a few years ago, he started helping us out too. And um, they, really do, they do a great job. You know, I still contend they're probably one of the better stack crews in the in the country for college hockey. Um, that's just my unbiased opinion, but um, or maybe biased opinion, but they do a fantastic job. And uh, it's been not only that, they're just good friends over the years. You we work every weekend up there with those guys and um, a lot of great jokes, uh, kidding around up there. Um, you know, appreciate the, the sort of vintage hockey jerseys that they wear, just kind of add to the atmosphere up there. Um, you know, Nick Rasmussen's always good to bring a few uh, things like hot dish or a stew that he whips up and um, you know feed us a little bit. Uh, just to get a chance. Remember, bring something to the table up there. And, but bottom line is we had a really good time. And um, I think that was something that, again, over the years, I'll miss that a lot, you know, having that outlet every weekend to you know, tell a few stories and hear a few jokes up there. And um, they kept things light, which was great because you kind of need that in that sort of business and to take yourselves too seriously. But and 
that's one thing we did take seriously is getting the job done. And that was what they did every weekend. And, um, you know, like I said, it was you know, just a great group of guys. And again, I'll miss those, you know, that group. And, um, you know, hopefully the other coaches, uh, media people that would come in, I think they would under, you know, see that and uh, see the excellence that they performed every week. And uh, hopefully they appreciated that too. Tom, uh, no, it's good to see you, my friend. Uh, I've known you a long time and, and did a lot of, obviously, a lot of your games without seeing you this year in Omaha. Um, and, and I can attest, Noah, to what Tom's saying. It was always fun. You knew it was a good time when you walked down press row and you had to, you know, shimmy your way through there and, and all those things. But it was – you felt like you were in the rink and it felt like home and it felt comfortable. Tom, for the people watching this – you started at St. Cloud in 96. Two-part question. Did you know where St. Cloud was? And what do you remember about your first year when you started there with the Huskies and their program? I'll go back a few more years. Um, I grew up down in the Chicago area. And right. Suburbs, and um, graduated from North Central College out in Naperville, Illinois, and worked for a couple of years with the community newspaper down there, the Naperville Sun, and then um, got into the sports information business in 1986 at Aurora University, which was a Division three school in Aurora, Illinois. Mm -hmm. um, better known for the world, but uh, again, it was <laughs> pissed me off because it was like, there's no palm trees in Aurora, Illinois, which when you see the movie, there's palm trees, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, anyways, um, I was there for six years uh, working as sports information at Aurora University. And then um, on weekend, we, uh, my wife and I drove up to Minneapolis to visit my brother, who was living up there at the time. And there was a ad in the newspaper in the Star Tribune for a job at St. John's University. Um, saw the job. It had something was similar to what I was doing. And I uh, talked about a little bit. We decided up. Uh, send my resume up there and um you know to be honest i didn't really ever I heard about st cloud but i didn't really know where it was at so to speak and uh you know next thing i know about you know two months later i'm moving from chicago to uh st cloud minnesota and um you know as far as you know people said like you know is that in canada and things like that and uh and the Next thing we know, we're living in St. Cloud, which um, you know, moving from Chicago, there was a little bit of a culture change, but uh, <laughs> used to it and uh, enjoyed it. And we were there for, I was at St. John's for four years. And then um, there was a job opening at St. Cloud State. They created a new uh, assistant position at St. Cloud State under uh, Andy Beck, who had been there for, she's, she was at uh, sports information director at St. Cloud for many years. Um, and um, I went over there to be her assistant. And um, that's, that was in 1996. And, uh, and here it is, uh, 2021. And I'm just finished up my career at St. Cloud State. So it was a nice run. Um, and then for the first about four years that I was at St. Cloud State, I worked with their basketball and hockey teams. And then uh, in 2000, 2001, I shifted over to the uh, working with men's hockey. And then I stayed with that um, from that 2000, 2001 season up through uh, the present now. 
That's awesome. And, you know, for those that don't know, I mean, the jobs that you guys do, you're literally 24 seven, you're, you're dealing with, you know, media, whatever. If, if there's bad news, unfortunately, you got to deal with that. Um, just shed a little light for those that don't know fully exactly what you guys do. You men and women that work as sports information directors, because you and I've worked enough and you know, I mean this, you guys are really our lifeline to the coaches and the players and without you guys, we, we can't do what we do to the level we do it. So kind of tell tell the people out there that may not completely understand what it is that you did for so many years, and you did it damn well, too. Well, I guess um, I give you a little history lesson and also just day-to-day operations. But, um, you know, originally the position, you know, kind of evolved where you're, uh, you know, I guess it's still to this day, you're still doing stats at every game. Um, mm-hmm. you know, stats, record being, you know, keeping team records and that sort of thing, still, you know, important part of the job. Um, when I got into the business, you know, back in 1986, we were using typewriters and ditto machines. Um, you know, they've still got, surprise my fingers are still that purple from the ditto machines over the years that we used to use. And then it kind of evolved into the whole, you know, computers started coming into play, uh, desktop publishing, computerized stats and that sort of thing. Um, so that kind of evolved, but um, again, it was always kind of the basis with stats and everything. Um, and then, you know, back in the old days, it was maybe, you know, once a week, you'd type up a press release um, and actually, you know, we'd actually put them in the mail. That's all that. And, um, and at one point, you know, at the school I worked at, they had one fax machine on campus, and that was in the library. So, doing the fax machine was kind of a rarity at that point. And now it's, you barely even use a fax machine anymore. But, uh, and typically after the end of the game, your job was to get on the phone and call a list of about maybe five to ten numbers at newspapers, radio stations, uh, TV stations, to give them a score update or a uh, you know, game report, you know, get it in the newspaper the next day or to get it on the radio or television. So, um, you know, that kind of was what we did. And I always joke, you get done with a game, say a basketball game or hockey game at 10 o'clock at night or 9.30 at night. And, you know, took you about 15 minutes to wrap it up. And then you were sitting in the bar having a beer. So that was always, uh, you know... <laughs> I thought, this is a pretty good business, you know. Well, then, lo and behold, the, you know, computer stuff comes in with the websites, social media, and now that, you know, post-game wrap is two, three hours. So, uh, I mean, maybe my living is here for that because it's, I'm you know, pretty much your wrap and just go home and go to bed these days. So, that was kind of the short history of what the business is like, but, um Really, the a big thing in the business right now is obviously the you know, our website, getting stories up on the website, um, social media, getting things out on that. Um, that's obviously the you know the cornerstone of the business right now. And I think the other aspect that you know, really is the key to it too is the uh, relationship building with the media people, um, you know, like yourself or. Dave Starman, um, you know, McHatton, Zach Meyer at the same time, kind of going down the list of all the people that I've worked with over the years. And um, 
know, these are the things that I've you know, really tried to do is just maintain those relationships and, you know, find out the story on our teams to get that information to the reporters so they can uh, get the stories either, you know, whether it be in the newspaper, you know, websites, um, radio, TV, wherever it goes out, you know, that's, you know, really a big portion of our job too, and to, to, you know, help, to help those people tell the stories about St. Cloud State and Husky Athletics. Yeah, amazing to think, uh, you know, you've been there for a quarter of a century at St. Cloud State, uh, <clears throat> promoting the Huskies and helping uh, promote the university to uh, everyone, uh, not only in the Granite City area, but uh, around the nation and the world. It's just absolutely awesome. Uh, those computers still haven't changed much, and we'll get to that in a bit, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I I have I have two Tom Nelson stories, um, and I only have two because I've only known you for about a year and change, and I'm sure Ben and a lot of others have more. But I remember the first day that I met Tom Nelson. Uh, do you have any inkling, or do you remember why I came to your office the first time we ever met? Do you happen to remember at all? I doubt that you do, but nah, I can't testify right now. But I'm sure once I remember, you refresh my memory, please. Yeah. Um, so um, it's funny because we're actually in the still in the same position for our podcast. I actually came, I was trying to do a story and get Tom or, or to get Matt Cullen on for an interview for KVSC radio. So I needed the Penguins um, sports information contact there. And I came in, you know, and, and I remember, you know, coming to, you know, a big school like St. Cloud and it was like, Oh, you have to go talk to the communications director. That's Tom Nelson. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm so nervous. And I walked in and, you know, it, you know, if you know Tom, you walk in and you see him and he goes, hey, what's going on? I'm like, why was I so nervous? This this is this is amazing. I'm just talking about hockey. But my favorite uh, Tom Nelson story actually involves another piece of equipment up in uh, the press box row, as you mentioned. And that's actually the fridge, the mini fridge that is up uh, that sits just behind Jim Erickson. Um, and I don't remember who was playing, who was playing the Huskies that night. But uh, for those who don't know, if you're a broadcaster, there's a mini fridge that sits behind Jim Erickson and it has, you know, like water and pop and just these little uh, beverages for some of the broadcasters to kind of like sip on throughout the night. Um, and normally when Tom gets there, that's one of the first things that gets opened is, you know, the fridge. So people, when they're doing their game day prep can have something to drink. And for whatever reason on this particular day, you must've been shorthanded and you were kind of roaming around the rink doing a bunch of different things. And it was kind of like, Hey, can we get Tom to open up this fridge? So I saw you walking down and it must've been an hour and a half before game time. Hey, Tom, you mind opening the fridge? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be up there in a sec to open it. Another half an hour goes by fridge still isn't open. We're like, where the hell is this guy? Like, we need our drinks, Tom. We need our Sprite. Walking around, we see Tom. Hey, Tom, you might open in the fridge. Yeah, 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 I'll be up there in a second. I think we got, it was like we got to like 12 minutes before game time and you finally came up and opened the fridge. And it was just like, it made us laugh because it was like, how is it that Tom is doing seven different jobs at once? And the only thing we're concerned about is the Sprites in the fridge. That just shows how little sometimes we appreciate all the work that you do. So um, just to highlight that, it's just, a really surreal moment, but I really do want to talk about uh, the technology that is up in the herb. And one thing that make it characteristic is it is not a true press box per se. It does have those old school computers. Uh, the way the stats are taken and uploaded, the software is a little bit different, a little more old school. Uh, do you ever see St. Cloud uh, changing those computers into more modern things? Is it on the schedule or do you feel like those computers that have been there since I believe what, 1989 or 90, do you still feel like they're, uh, a viable and very good option to be able to record stats for the broadcasters up there. 
Well, um, I guess I would have to say that this year, the uh, actually the stat system that we used is is called Stat Crew, and it was a uh, DOS based stat system that you know pretty much was the industry standard around the NCAA for many many years. And this past year, which um, actually this season was the first year that the NCAA went out and um, found another company to put together a stat system. So we we're actually using that this year. And unfortunately it does not um, work with those old monitors that were by the radio and TV people. So uh, I guess we're both going out together because this will be like last year that they were actually functioning. We had one game this year that the new NCAA stats didn't really work. So we had a fire up the old stack group computer and have, and we still have those monitors working. I think it was one of the women's hockey games, but uh, at this point, uh, much like me, they're history. It's a cloud state, unfortunately, and you can use the uh, stats or on your laptop with the live stats. The one thing that, and really the reason that we continue to use them over the years, because I certainly got a lot of grief from a lot of people about those. But the main reason we used them was because the TV and radio people who may not have the luxury to be able to refresh a laptop or, a, um, you know, and the, and the other thing was that if the internet goes out, you're kind of at the mercy of, you know, whether your Wi-Fi is working and that sort of thing. So the biggest thing was that those, um, monitors that you saw were basically directed or directed directly to your the stack computer. So this you know, it was almost instant, you know, stats when whenever that information was entered into the computer would appear on that screen. And um, it was also a I don't know about you Ben, but I know the radio guys liked it because it was you know, all the information was right on one screen. You didn't have to scroll up and down and uh, yeah. It was very basic information, you know, that had everything everybody needed. And the biggest thing was, you know, it would show some who scored, assist, penalties, times. So everything was there. So it was um, essentially that was the reason why we continued to use it. And um, it got to the point where I took a little bit of pride or uh, I kind of enjoyed it because everybody got all worked up about old fashioned they were. And I would just say, well, Jesus Christ, I'm old too, but I keep working. <laughs> you don't get rid of me, do you? You know, so it's that's how I. It's just kind of one of those things. So, well, Tom, I, I, I'll answer that. I liked it because it was one less thing I had to worry about, and it reminded me of like uh, NHL '94. Man, it just had what you need, and, and you always gave us a good stat guy, or gave me a good stat guy, and it, it was. Loved it, man. It was it was old school, and I'm an old school guy, and I, I always appreciated them. So, for whatever that's worth. Well, I I also enjoyed it because it was one of those things where I think I was about the only person left around there that actually knew how to hook them up and do everything. <laughs> so it was job security number one, and number two was just kind of a you know I enjoy kind of taking old things and getting them you know, polished up and getting them looking good again. So whenever I, every year when I come back in at the start of the season, and when that thing, that whole system continued to work every year, I just kind of, it made me feel good in many ways. So. Yeah. So Noah shared when he first met you, do you remember the first time you and I met? 
Uh, I think where that was, it was at St. Cloud or somewhere on the road. We had a road game someplace, but I totally forgot. It, it, so. it, was, it was on the road, and this guy was playing for you. Okay. In yeah. And then I have another one. I actually cleaned out a little bit under my desk yesterday. And then, of course, Dowd's on there. He was a finalist the next year. So it was the regional in 13. It was the last year you guys were in the WCHA before the split. Okay. And that team is, is without question, the, the most successful group that St. Cloud State's had in many years of success, uh, but going to the Frozen Four. So what's, what do you still remember vividly about that team, man? What stood out? What are some things that stood out amongst that group of characters? And I have their roster here I pulled up. I mean, the hair was going. I mean, you had all kinds of guys that – you know, we're veteran guys. You had a mix of young guys. But what for you stood out about that group, Tom? Well, I think, well, the one, uh, just a lot of great leaders on that team. You know, like, obviously, Drew was, Drew LeBlanc was a, uh, yeah. you know, his, I think he was one of those guys that won a Hobie Baker Award. Maybe not so much on the, <clears throat> his stats were, were good, but they weren't anything like off the wall or any off the charts. But um, mm-hmm. it was just the uh, you know his backstory, you know, coming back from the injury and uh, you know just all the unique stories that that team had. And he was one of them. Where you know he was like a student teacher during that year. He'd go teach class and he'd come back and he'd practice in the afternoon. And uh, you know the fact that he came back his you know leg was you know almost broken in half the year before, and he comes back and you know, rehabs himself and comes back and plays, um, you know, senior season, leads a team, you know, to the Frozen Four. Um, you know, the, the whole hair story with the, you know, the five or six guys that grew their hair out and the uh, media attention that that all got. And, you know, with that sort of thing, you have to know these guys, you know, Nick out and, the, you know, the whole list, Nick Jensen, um, yeah, Morrison. Go down the list for me on that team, and there was just so many, you know, really good stories on that team. That, you know, from my standpoint, that's what I kind of thought was a unique about that group of guys. That not only were they great hockey players, but there was a lot of you know, great personalities on that team. And um, yeah, I still contend that was, you know, one of my career highlights was that you know the time when Drew was announced that he was, you know, won the Hobie Baker Award. Where in Pittsburgh on the, you know, down on the ice with the ceremony. And, um, you know, that was, you know, really a special moment for me just because, you know, I'm sure you're aware of Ben, how much energy that people like in our business put into promoting people, whether it's the Hobie Baker or the Heisman and that sort of thing, you, you do spend a lot of time and energy, you know, promoting that sort of thing. And when that kind of comes to fruition, you, you know, he felt pretty good about what I had done that year. So that was uh, – I mean, certainly, Drew was the guy who did it. But, you know, like I said, it's – when you see that sort of happen, you kind of – it makes you feel pretty good. Yeah, no doubt. And one, one more before I let Noah go with a couple here. The one, one of the biggest things I remember when you came in that day, you started bringing your guys in. And I'm going to go through some of the guys here. Um, obviously a guy like Joey Bennett and, and Morley and Brodzinski, I got to know those guys really well. Kevin Gravel was another guy. Uh, but the veteran guys you had on that team, Ben Hanowski, uh, man, Coastal looked like he was about 15. He was a freshman, by the way. Uh, you mentioned Jensen, 
uh, Drew, uh, who else we got here? Dowd and, and Nick Oliver, who's now obviously a coach with you guys. But the biggest thing I remember is like guy after guy, they look like James Hetfield from Metallica back. Man, that was always that was cool, man. And you were you were amazing to us. And and it's cool it's cool to hear you talk about that with Drew. And, and I know it means a lot to you, and, and it's hard for it not to. But I'm one of those guys, and I voted that year. That was the year that Shireen gave me her three-year, you know, spot on the committee to vote. And I'm one of those guys. Yeah, there's guys that come in and they're a one-year flash in the pan. But I'm I'm under the belief, and Matt Gilroy won the whole be the same way earlier, like four years earlier at BU. That Drew's body of work was such he'd gone through hell. I mean, you mentioned the injuries and what he went through. To me, it was a no-brainer. I know it was for you, but um, talk a little bit more about that process for those out there watching. Like, what what are the other things that you had to go and do and help Drew with throughout the whole push for the Hobie that year, Tom? Well, I think when um, you know, over the years, when I think it started off my first year working with hockey, Mark Hardigan was. Um, you know, he's setting the world on fire, you know, great player for us. You know, I still contend he was probably one of the most dynamic offensive players that you know, I saw during my time at St. Cloud State. And, um, you know, he was a Hobie Baker top three finalist. And, um, again, kind of start to try to, you know, when you have a player like that, you, you know, early in the season, you know, typically around Christmas time, you start to got information, um, you know, start promoting them. You know, the one thing that you kind of find out with Kobe Baker is you got to get to the coaches. They're the ones who vote yeah. to, uh, to get to the top 10 finalists. And, uh, you know, really start getting information out to the, you know, coaches about, you know, what your guys are doing. And not only is it just, you know, the stats and, you know, obviously that's a huge factor, you know, when a guy has a great game or, you know, is putting up some good numbers, you want to get that information out, but also uh, you get out the information about what the person's doing as a, you know, as a student athlete, um, you know, what kind of grades they get, you know, for winning the academic awards, get that information out, um, doing things in the community. You know, like I said, Drew was a classic example of a guy who was, you know, really the – what you would consider what a student athlete should be um, mm-hmm. a very humble person, um, a very team oriented kind of guy, team leader, and, uh, you know, very focused on academics and getting, you know, his academic stuff completed. And uh, you know, he was, uh, I believe his, his parents were, or dad was a school teacher. So he was, you know, focused on that and getting the, uh, you know, he said he was, student teacher when he was playing that year and everything and um and yeah. after he got done uh, playing for us he went and was playing in Rockford with the Blackhawks affiliate and I think he was I think he might have been doing some student teaching at that point too to finish up his degree so just kind of, that was the, the way that's the kind of guy that he was and uh you know, again you know very humble I remember there was a interview that um Morsi from the uh, New York Times, who's a freelance or does writes for the New York Times out of Minneapolis, and comes in to do a story on Drew. And Drew just kind of came in the room and sat down and kind of like well, had that look. I don't. Why do you want to talk to me? Sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had 
but that was just, he was just a, you know, very low key kind of guy and, you know, great natured person and, uh, you know, just great team leader. So that's, um, I guess to answer your question, that's kind of what you kind of start building on off of that sort of thing in order to get the, you know, ball rolling so that, you know, people recognize them and, you know, put them into that level where they're in consideration for the, the hobby. And then obviously, after the coaches vote, it's, you know, goes to the committee. And then again, it's another round of getting information out to the committee members. Um, Hobie Baker committees, or the people there are usually pretty good enough to supply us with the names and contacts of the people on the committee so you can get the information to the voters on the committee. And that's another area where, again, it's, um, you know, just keep getting that story out there about the, your candidate, and that's something that again over the years I was you know, took pride in that, considering that you know we had the one Drew won it, then we had um, Nick Dow was a top three finalist, and Mark Hardigan and Jimmy Schultz they were all top three finalists, and mm-hmm. had also a number of other guys that were top ten finalists, which is always a nice you know, accolade for the team, and uh, you know just one of those things that over the years I. So pride in that aspect too, just getting information out about those guys and um, helping them achieve those awards and recognition. I'm glad you mentioned uh, academics and community. I believe you're an English major yourself. Um, and then as far as community is concerned, uh, let's talk about Tom Nelson in the community. Apparently, uh, rumor has it, not really a rumor, that you enjoy a pretty good senior discount anywhere that you can find it. And I guess... Uh, <laughs> And, and I guess that one week, I guess Taco Bell and the movie theater had a senior discount in the same week. So it was a pretty good week for Tom Nelson. Uh, uh, is any good uh, senior discounts uh, that, that uh, really are maybe consistent or maybe ones that you just, you know, you can count on uh, kind of like Drew LeBlanc, uh, just a consistent dependent, you know, go-to. Well, Taco Bell used to be pretty good, but they've stopped. I don't know. They're not doing it quite as often. Maybe <laughs> Not looking as stressed these days, so I don't look as old. But uh, <laughs> yeah, movie theater. We went in there one time, and of course, my wife she's already died because I, you know, went up to the remote kiosk to buy the tickets, and um, you know, I just hit the senior button because it was a few dollars cheaper, you know. And she was as horrified by the fact that I was doing that, you know, just to save a couple dollars, but. They never gave me grief about it, so I was good with it. So. And I mean, I guess, uh, you know, the nice thing is now, Tom, is now that you're retired, you can go to those Tuesday movie matinees and save even more money. I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, a couple a couple other interests that you have, I believe you're a pretty big uh, Alaska, The Last Frontier uh, uh, TV show watcher. Um, also, pretty big, expanding, uh, big collection of state highway maps and salt and pepper shakers. Where in the world did that uh, obsession, if you will, as well as I think a uh, map of U.S. state quarters that I think was pretty popular when I was a kid, getting all the state quarters locked into the map. Uh, where did those kind of hobbies start for you? I'll blame my mom and all the uh, collections because she was obsessed with collecting things and that passed that down to me. So uh, for I don't know why salt and pepper shakers we used to we'd travel a lot. And just thought they were kind of uh, um, kitschy or whatever you want to call it. So I did certain different places we'd go on trips and then it became uh, I got to the point of uh, obsession with it for 
believe you're also a pretty big wwe wrestling fan too if i'm not mistaken too i could see tom nelson getting into wwe i could see you throwing down a little bit yeah <laughs> throwing some chairs around you have a lot of chairs at hall and back hall i think you have a lot of practice in your office there if you ask me oh, well i was actually more of a awa guy back in the Vern Gagne, Aaron von Roshke days and then uh like, so we used to go to that down at the International Amphitheater in Chicago, which was uh, um, down on the south side. So that was always a, an adventure just going down there to begin with. And uh, a guys up from the suburbs going down there. But it was, uh, we enjoyed all, always enjoyed that. Now my son, he's uh, he's more of the official uh, pro wrestling power these days. But on occasion, we'll go to a few matches just to... Uh, you see all that stuff so yeah it's pretty impressive also st cloud state i uh, i kind of uh low-key very known for their wrestling program and their ability i believe are they chasing their fifth straight national championship uh appearance this year if i'm not mistaken yeah, yeah they're uh one four so um they would have probably won one last year but uh they got canceled because of the covid so they're looking for another one this year and um Steve Costanzo has done a really great job putting that program together. Um, you know, the, you know, they've, before he got here, there was, you know, the team was, you know, that kind of struggling a little bit and Steve got here and has done a really great job putting together a winning program. I think right now they've got like a 65 match winning streak, dual match winning streak, which is uh, a division two record. And I, they're, they keep on going, they'll probably set the, uh, I think they're still away from the NCAA, the overall NCAA winning record, but um, just amazing what they've done over the years with that team. And, um, you know, they just keep on bringing in new guys and they just keep on rolling. So it's um, a testimony how, what a great coach he is. 
And not to not to triple up on questions because I can see Ben getting antsy here. So I promise I'm going to kick it over to him after this one. But I kind of want to transition gears a little bit and talk about, as you mentioned, a couple people that are on that inside track as far as certain sports are concerned at St. Cloud State. And and one of the areas of inside track is uh, both uh, your assistant SIDs, if you will, and then your GAs that cycle through at St. Cloud State University. Uh, you, current, uh, currently, I guess, uh, Kelsey Whaley would technically be the one that's in charge right now uh, um, taking over your duties um can you kind of talk about um your role um as a mentor for some of these uh people looking to get into the business in terms of athletic communications i don't know if you got a chance to check out the tribute uh for you in the previous weekend but uh, i thought that that was just a very fitting uh testament to what you've done um you know for those people how much have you relished um being in that role and helping so many people uh, achieve their next step or even stay at st cloud state in, in new roles well, I think, um, you know, over the years, I think that was one of the, you know, aside from working with the teams and the games and that sort of thing, I really enjoyed that aspect of the job. Um, working at a college, I guess, because of, you know, I'm not a professor or anything like that, but like I said, it's, I'm hoping that, you know, some of the things that we did in our office, you know, help prepare these people for their careers and, you know, professions and that was something that I really enjoyed was getting a chance to work with our grad assistants and uh, and then this past years with our after I became the director um, and that was in 2015 and a couple people that we had in as assistant directors um, he enjoyed that role as a uh, kind of helping them you know progress in their careers and uh, you know impart some knowledge onto them but. Uh, Really, it was over the years with the grad assistants that we had in our office. Um, you know, ever since I started there in '96, and even back when I was at St. John's, um, had a chance to have some student, student workers there over the years, and um, it's just great working with them. You know, you get to move in; um, they're just learning the business. They have an interest in doing sports information, and. Uh, you know, having them get the chance to work with them. Um, I'd like to, I wish I had a list of all the names I could run down, but, um, you know, there was just so many people that over the years that, uh, you know, they worked in our office. Um, they all did a great job. And uh, really, the biggest thing, two things is number one is that, you know, they really helped us get the job done. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of things that need to be done every week and every day. And, uh, with even full-time staff, you know, having these grad assistants around, it was um, it just really allowed us to get a lot of things accomplished, you know, have success in our office. And then the other thing is that the stuff that, you know, they brought into the office was, you know, things, um, you know, just, uh, you know, the biggest, you know, I say probably the biggest thing was just, you know, some of the technology things that, you know, and, things that they would bring in that they would know how to do or have a background in that you know, we could you know, learn from them as much as they're learning from us. That was a huge thing. And then the biggest thing is just the, uh, again, the friendships and the, you know, the relationships that we built over the years. Um, and always, I don't know, I always try to have a lot of fun in the office and I, you know, between when Ann was there and then myself, you know, I just you know, try to maintain a good sense of humor and you know, make it a fun work and hopefully that was uh everyone's had a good time. 
it was so. Tom, last thing for me, um, and I, I'm sure you're well aware of this, but Bodner and Dave Ollers are the only two originals left in the NCHC now with your departure. Um, so they're carrying the flag. So um, I can't tell you how many interviews I did in the, uh, the, the I called it a closet, but it was Jeremiah Minkle's stick room and he had a sharpener in there with all the players that you would get for us and we'd come in. Um, my list probably can't pale in comparison to yours. Who would you say are the top one, two, or even three like characters that you dealt with in all your years with St. Cloud State Hockey? Be a long list. There's a lot of great characters on those teams and a lot of great personalities. Um, some of the you know favorite people that I worked with over the years. Um, guys like Nick Dowd was a great interview and you know a great personality. You know, Bobby Jackson, you know, more recently he was uh, one of those guys that was not afraid of a microphone, so to speak. He was a mass con major. Um, you know, as I said, mentioned you know people like. Uh, Chad Peterson, and um, you're going back a few years, you know, back when I first started with the team, you know, you got guys like uh, Mark Hardigan, and, you know, Ryan Malone, just, you know, some interesting personalities and great interviews and great stories to tell. Um, you know, Mike Doyle was another guy in the early 2000s. He was, uh, um, you know, he had a lot of great stories, and he's kind of gone on, stayed in the communication business. He's working in public relations up in Alaska right now. So, uh, you know, one of those, you know, personalities that um, just fun to work with. And, you know, as you mentioned, uh, Joey Bennett and uh, Ed Morley, just, just the list goes on and on. Just, you know, I'm sure I'm missing guys I can't think of right now, but, um, you know, even like so this year's team, you know, Kevin Fisher, he's a Chicago guy like me, so it's fun to get together with him and talk about, you know, back home and that sort of thing and um, how good or bad the Bears are. Usually bad talking about the Bears, you know, that sort of thing. So those are, like I said, and, you know, the bottom line is over the years, um, all the people that we had, players we had at St. Cloud State, coaches, um, all just wonderful to work with in terms of the media, um, did the interviews, uh, you know, took care of business, answered the questions. Even when they lost the game, you know, they'd step up and you know, do the do the interviews. And um, that was one of those things that you know, I really appreciated was the time and energy that they put into that um, to help me do my job and also get the word out about St. Cloud State. And, like I said, they're very good representatives of our university and the team. So, Tom, I've got uh, two questions left for you here. One of them is going to be a hockey question, and one of them won't be. Uh, the first one is the hockey question, and uh, we kind of have had a discussion back and forth uh, on the air and off the air about this a little bit. Uh, the NCAA selection committee has a real tough test this year in trying to figure out who's going to actually make the NCAA tournament. I think if St. Cloud State uh, plays well in their final seven games, they should have a, a, a fairly assured entry. Um, but it, you know, knowing the insider details that you know from this profession, uh, you know how how difficult is it going to be for this selection committee? And what do you think maybe is the best route for them to pick those teams that are ultimately going to end up in the NCAA tournament? Well, I'm sure this year is uh, just a very interesting year altogether, just with the uh, 
you know, the shortened season and the way things are going and the fact that, you know, you look at our schedule and you know, obviously we're not playing, you know, the full contingent of games and you know, we're playing a lot of games against, you know, certain teams. Um, but I think the, uh, you know, bottom line is that probably the NCAA just, I feel like they almost have to just follow the same protocol that they've done all the other years, you know, just look at, you know, your surface schedule and, wins and losses and that sort of thing. And um, like I said, as you mentioned, I think the Huskies are in a pretty good position right now. And, um, you know, just really at the end of the day, you have to win the games you need to win in order to advance. And, um, you know, I know there's been years like when we were on the bubble and you may not get in, but then I think so many times you sit there and you look at the schedule and you say, well, we didn't get in because we didn't win this game back in November, back in October, and um, the years that we do get in, it's because we win those games, and I think that's the, uh, you know, there's always a lot of conversation about, you know, NCAA selection and that sort of thing, but the reality is I think it's um, the teams that get in are the ones that probably should be there for the most part. Tom, my last question here, and before I ask it, I want to preface it with the fact that, like I mentioned, I've only known you for probably about a year and a half, but, uh, you know, the impact that I think you've had on myself, uh, my co-host and Nick Maxson, and, uh, you know, all the other people that work in the student side of things, uh, you know, the ability for you to be so welcoming and to be able to give us the time of day, especially as students, to be able to further our interests and our careers and be around the game of hockey and whatever sports um, people choose to cover at St. Cloud State. Um, you've, for lack of a better term, have been a blessing to this university. And I just want to thank you for the time that you've given both our podcast and just ourselves as um, people and professionals. So I, I really wanted to say that and I really appreciate it. Um, with that being said, I think St. Cloud State is probably going to miss you more than you might miss it. But what are some of the big things or what is the biggest thing in retirement that you are going to miss from St. Cloud State University and what's next for Tom Nelson? Well, uh, the thing I'm going to miss most is just the relationships that, you know, the people at St. Cloud State, um, you know, not only just at St. Cloud State, but the people that I work with in the, in the media, television, radio, um, newspaper, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, developed a lot of great friendships over the years with, you know, obviously, you know, Dave and Ben and, um, you know, Pete McHatton, uh, Jim Erickson, just going out, Dave Reichel, just going down the list over the years. And they're, you know, the staff group people and um, the coaching staff at St. Cloud State, you know, excellent group of people. And, uh, you know, miss those guys and the student athletes, you know, that you've gotten over the years. Um, so that's obviously going to be the number one thing I'm going to miss. Um, you know, I, like I said, it's, Last few weekends, I've been covering hockey teams, you know, and I think it was last Friday or Saturday. I'm like, you know, getting into panic mode because I hadn't got my life shirt done yet. I realized what I have to do. I got over the years, I've had that dream so many times in the middle of the night. It's five minutes before games are going to start, and I haven't got a line chart put together yet. And it's you wake up and you realize, well, it's, oh, I'm just having a, a dream or a nightmare, whatever you want to call it. So, um, I guess the next, this past weekend, I was kind of like, at some point, I might have been on a Friday or Saturday, I was just like, 
think I should have this done, but then I realized, well, I don't have to worry about that anymore. So I guess, you know, as I look ahead to, you know, down the road here, um, you know, I, you know, my wife is working down here in, um, at Carleton College, and um, so probably in the next few weeks or, you know, a month or so, I'll be just trying to get stuff done around the house here, getting it back in order here. And then after that, um, would, you know, I would consider looking to see if there's other, you know, positions. I don't know if I'd be getting so much into the sports information side of things, but something in the communications field that would use my talents um, and, uh, you know, just see what's out there right now. Um, at, you know, super anxious or, you know, like I have to get something tomorrow, but, uh, you know, eventually like to get back into the, some line of, you know, communication work. Um, like I said, something I would use my talents um, that I've developed over the years. And, um, you know, like I said, hopefully now, you know, something will be out there for me. And, um, and then in addition, uh, you know, just have an opportunity to just do some things, um, you enjoy the weekends and evenings and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. I will say that over the years, uh, you know, my number one, Thank you. Has to go to my wife. Um, as you know, this working in athletics can be kind of a um, tough position for spouses because of the fact that you're going on evenings and weekends and you know, working a lot of time and energy put into covering teams and that sort of thing. And uh, you know, this you know, you wives or husbands that are not in the you know doing it, it's they're the kind of ones that have to carry the load sometimes. So it's um, oh. You know, like to thank her over the years allowed me to allowed me to have done what I did over these last I guess close to thirty or over thirty years of working in the sports information business. So um I say that's my number one thank you goes to my wife Colleen. That's awesome Tom and you're right man for those that don't know and there might be some young folks out there I tell people all the time, Tom, you better be ready to work weekends, nights, holidays. And if you can't, you're in the wrong business. So that's awesome. I, I have a lot of respect for your wife. And I don't know. I think I might have met her once, but uh, it's a great shout out. I just want to say thanks for all the years that when we did cross pass, you never said no to us once, at least that I knew of. And uh, you were just always great to us. You were very welcoming. You, We wanted this guy or that guy or whoever it was. It was you're going to be missed and uh, I'll miss seeing you in the ring. So thanks for everything you did for me over the years. It was uh, always a pleasure to cover your teams and deal with your players. And uh, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So respect to you, my friend, thanks for doing this. And thanks for everything. No, thanks a lot, Ben. Appreciate everything you've done over the years. And um, like I said, I always would tell the players a lot of times, they said, you know, it's, you know, do these interviews because you're in, and enjoy doing them because in a few years after you get done playing hockey, nobody really wants to hear what you say that much, you know. So, <laughs> That's right. You're right. That's why we're here. <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts because it's, yeah. you know, I don't, it doesn't come to an end completely. You know, some of these guys are playing the NHL and stuff, so that's good for them. But, you know, for a lot of people, you know, that's when you're 35 or 40, 50 years old, you'll, you'll look back on this and really appreciate it and everything. So you know, you're right, Tom, hundred percent. You know, Tom, I mean, we could really use a stats guy or a PR guy. If you're looking to not get paid to do some great work. 
He doesn't need you to kick his tires. We need a sponsor. Yeah, that's true. I'm finding something here. So. Uh, the 2015 COSIDA, um, I believe, award recipient of the year, Tom Nelson. Tom, uh, we thank you so much for giving uh, your time to us. We thank you again for uh, giving your time to St. Cloud State and allowing us. For people who do not know, by the way, before we let you go, uh, you are one of the original proponents of helping us get advertised by the university um, and kind of grow our followership. So uh, from the bottom of our hearts, from myself, Ben, as well as my other co-host, Nick Maxson, uh, we thank you yeah. and we wish you the best of luck, Tom. Well, well, thanks a lot, and uh, Noah. Like I said, thanks for putting together this. You know, the uh, Huskies Warning House. It's uh, again, it's one of those things that over the years I've come to realize that the coverage that St. Cloud State gets, and I don't know if I hopefully I play a little part of that, but it's it's um, second to none. You know, we look at you come to one of our games, and there's uh, you know three radio stations covering our games we have a tv you know tv coverage mm-hmm. you know newspaper websites um and we truly get a great deal of coverage i go to other places around the country and i can you know ask them like you know how many people are going to be here media wise and they say maybe one or two and i'm like shaking my head and i go you know i realize what we have is is great and um you know part it's thanks to part to you guys like you and ben that do this do your jobs and cover us because it's um, you know, just one of those things I can't thank you guys enough for what you do for us and um, help us tell our story and get that word out there. It's, um, like I said, over the years, I guess it's amazing what you do. And like I said, I thank you and um, you know, Nick for putting together this, this show because it's uh, really just one of those, it's a unique thing that we have here at St. Cloud State. and. Like you said with the student media coverage that we get, it's um, you know really second to none, and you know, I hope the university continues with it. And um, you know, I think it's a feather in the cap for not only state but the community. Well, we thank you for giving us a chance. But at the risk of this being a Minnesota goodbye, we will let you go, Tom. Uh, best of luck yeah. in the future. Cheers, Tom. Thanks a lot. <laughs> See ya. Appreciate everything. No problem, you too, Tom. my friend. If you're looking for more Huskies Warming House podcast content, there's a place for that. Visit us at huskieswarminghousepodcast.com and follow our Twitter page, at Warming House Den, for the latest news, notes, updates, prizes, and more. Don't forget you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, and more. We also are on Google Podcast and would love to hear your feedback on the show. Drop us a line at huskieswarminghousepodcast at outlook.com or leave us feedback in the feedback section of the Huskies Warming House podcast website. And finally, if you know any Huskies hockey alumni who would love to be on the show, let us know and we just might make it happen. Always a pleasure to sit down and talk with Tom Nelson. Again, uh, Noah, you and Ben had the pleasure of speaking with him. I, I know Tom, and in my interaction with him, he, he was kind of a straight shooting guy, kind of quiet. But you know, there were times when he chose to to pick out a, a perfect joke. It seemed that he was a, he was always great. And I think you know what what often goes 
you know, a kind of a miss with somebody in his position, just how much work that goes into his position and just how many people go to you for interview requests to get out line charts to, to get out, you know, the weekly statistical updates for each squad. There's so much work that goes on behind the scenes uh, for what Tom Nelson did. And he was always uh, available for us. If we needed anything, he was always ready to work with the student athletes. And we heard a little bit about that with Robbie last week in our healthy scratch, but uh, uh, certainly going to be a figure missed in the press box. And I'm going to miss his interactions uh, between myself uh, and the hockey teammates, especially for them. And uh, we do wish him and his wife who've recently moved to Northfield a little bit South of where I'm sitting here in the South part of the twin cities. Uh, wish them the best of luck in their late moving forward, but uh, great guy. And again, uh, just, was very, very fortunate to be able to work with him for the last couple of years. Yeah, and one of those people that still is, can serve as a resource for us, you know, uh, if, if need be. He's just very good at uh, connecting us to the right people and always been, like you mentioned, that dry, witty humor that uh, um, has been accustomed to Tom Nelson. Uh, he's kind of, uh, I don't know if you want to say the dad in the room, but uh, he kind of has that uh, father-like figure, I think, for a lot of people that have come through St. Cloud State University. Speaking of people who maybe need a father figure because of how young they are, we do have tentatively upcoming guests, hopefully for this next week, uh, the Flying Finns, uh, Yami Kranala and Vieti Mietnen, hopefully join us this week. So we'll have them on. Don't forget, men's hockey is back in action this weekend against the Western Michigan Broncos. Women's hockey faces the Mankato State Mavericks. Both of those, I believe, at home at the Herbrooks National Hockey Center. We'll have previews and recaps for both of the men's games. Don't forget, send us a few news and notes for episode 48 on Sunday, and then hopefully our Healthy Scratch interview on Tuesday. We thank you for joining us for another week in the den, and we hope to see you back next time.